Look around. Everywhere these days, people are crying out for effective leadership. There's no mistaking it any longer. Men, especially leaders, are struggling, emasculated by imposed rules, stereotyping, and leadership models that are no longer working. There are many women who are doing a much better job at leadership than the men, and we need to recognize them. We need their help too. Welcome to Well, the Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. This is the show where women can help us men to be better men, more effective leaders. We have a phenomenal guest today on the podcast show. Uh, she is actually met her a couple of months ago when I had the honor to be on her show, Shannon Confidential. Her name is Shannon Pinkowski. Yes, and, it is. And that's, it's awesome. I didn't want to mess it up because I know how my name gets messed up sometimes. But, you know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we get into this discussion about leadership. Um, she is a bona fide and certified adrenaline junkie. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and she's also a great lover of American football. Um, yes. In fact, she loves she loved football and still does so much. And she wanted to get down on the field closer to the action. And so that's exactly what Shannon did. She ended up becoming a Miami Dolphins cheerleader. And she did that for three years. Must have been a lot of fun. Uh, of course, my mom's from Miami. And I remember I was raised on Dolphin football. So that. That must have been awesome. Um, Incredible. You know, Don Shula's daughter, one of his daughters, was actually a little sister in our fraternity up at FSU. So that's a small world. So she cheered on the sidelines for the famous Miami Dolphins, and and she had a lot of fun. She also um, got her scuba diving certification, did some night dives and some deep dives and, you know, more hair-raising experiences, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, so, and then, so she goes from the deep ocean depths to the, the heights and, and gets involved in skydiving as well. And then we just had a little discussion before we came on here about the tail of the dragon, which is a motorcycle ride up south of Maryville, Tennessee. And I'm not sure how many turns and it has, but Shannon didn't do it just once. She went down, but she went back up and she did it twice. And uh, so there you have it. You know, she's always looking for that pushing the envelope, but also in a in a very controlled way. You know, she pushes the envelope, but she knows what she's doing. She's not that crazy. But one thing she says she never. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. But, you know, she never gives up on herself. And after she's done all of these things, she went back to college in her 40s, no less and graduated with high honors, obtaining an Associate of Science degree in crime scene technology, where she focused on crime scene forensics. That's pretty interesting. It's quite obvious that she's a leader in her own right. In fact, her knowledge in crime scene forensics allowed her the opportunity to be a member of FEMERS, the Florida Emergency Emergency Mortuary Operations Response System, FEMERS again, was created to serve the needs of the state of Florida during any mass fatality event. So thank you for that. That's pretty cool. Thing about Shannon is she has always enjoyed sharing her life experiences, 
and like the movie, the good, the bad, and the ugly ones, hoping that her experiences and the way she describes them can help benefit others. Now, I mentioned her podcast show, Shannon Confidential. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not surprising that she's decided to have her own podcast show and to have guests on where I was humbled and honored to be there, but to tell their own stories in a way that could help others. She's also very much in tune with the masculine and feminine leadership, I guess, conversation. And we've had a little bit of discussion about that. We're going to talk about that today. But whatever she's involved in, this lady is a leader. She's brave. She's courageous. She's a controlled risk taker. And she wants to make the world a better place. And I say hallelujah and welcome to the show, Shannon. Again, I'm humbled and honored to have you now on the other side of the conversation. Thanks Thank for being you. Thank here. You very well, we just told your whole life story in about <laughs> 45 seconds, but let's, let's, let's go a little, let's go back. I know that you're, you've been in Florida most of your life until recently. Um, yeah. Tell us about your upbringing and, and what created the Shannon that I just described. Honestly, um, at first, let me thank you. I'm just absolutely honored to be one of the guests on Well and the third first season. So thank you. This I'm honored. And as far as what made me me, I honestly, I, I've, I've asked myself that quite a few times. <laughs> My upbringing was normal. I had an amazing family. We are so perfectly dysfunctional. I wouldn't trade one of them. I have an older brother, then there's me a sister younger than me. And then I, I call him my baby brother, but uh, he's a, he, he's an amazing man as well. And we just, you know, we just grew up in the neighborhood where you were outside, you played, you stuck up for each other, you kind of old school, you know, you defended your family if someone messed with them. And trust me, my older brother did that quite often for me and my sister. My father worked, my mom, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. She worked sometimes. We just had a very normal average childhood, but we were also very supported by our families. We were athletic. Uh, we were never told we couldn't do something. We just, you know, just had a great, great upbringing. That's awesome. I guess I yeah. never taught to fear anything, so we never did. And nobody in my family does. Well, that's cool. You know, when you think about it, well, there you have, you know, fear is a big, uh, it holds a lot of people back. And it's obvious if you're diving and jumping out of airplanes <laughs> and, and involved in the action of football down on the field and, and even getting involved in forensics, all of that stuff is fearless. Um, in fact, that may be one of the credentials of leadership is, is to have that, that emotion or, or that behavior deep down inside. Um, yeah. So there you have it. So yeah, so your so your family was a tight family unit. Your dad was a great example of a, you know somebody that took care of his family and was responsible. And you know we see so many broken families these days that don't have quite have the experience that you had. Uh, but tell us tell us about your dad. You know you told us a little bit, but tell us about what did you see in him. Well. And I, I can talk about my mom and dad in the same aspect, because even though my dad, he was a firefighter paramedic um, and he had his own tile company, at, but my mom was just equally as strong. So they were, they were side by side. They, they, I looked up to both of them, um, even though my mom may not have been the sole income 
person. She was, you know, right there at the top of the family. Uh, the one thing they did do was teach us the value of a dollar. If we wanted to go out with friends, if we needed gas money, if we, you know, whatever, we were putting chemicals in the pool, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, even though my mom didn't think we did it often enough. You know, we had to earn it. We didn't have an allowance or anything like that. Um, but they, uh, they definitely let us know the value of a dollar and how hard you had to work to get it. And um, <clears throat> if we were out one night a little bit late and maybe a little hungover, Dad made us go lay tile the next day. So at the very least, I can lay a beautiful floor. <laughs> I still have that capability. Um, but I learned a value of a dollar from my dad and working for him 100%. And, and learning from my mom was, there's just, she's so damn strong. My grandmother was strong. Um, she was fearless. And if she said something in the house that had to get done, you did it. You didn't mess with my mom. <laughs> Well, that's all, awesome. you know, again, you know, ethics, you know, you we're talking about ethics here, you know, and you had brother and, and dad with a great example and a mom who was a great example, you know, what, did, you know, as you grew older, you know, what did you, uh, what was your understanding of, of guys? I mean, and what did you see and what did you think made a, a guy, um, you know, virtuous? Well, the, the, if speaking of my father, my father was like my best cheerleader. He loved, uh, you know, I was a travel soccer player. He uh, just loved, he was always on the sidelines, always encouraging, just big, big supporter of me athletically. Um, my brother, my older brother was the protector. He, any, I don't even think anybody really wanted to date me because I had <laughs> a crazy older brother. So I grew up um, feeling very protected and, and cheered on, but that kind of came from two different men in my life where, where my brother was huge. You know, I remember one time there was a, a boy that did come to the house and he honked for me, uh, to pick me up on a date. And my brother found out that, you know, I was going out on a date that night and again, and he gets ultra protective. Well, he went outside and pulled that boy out of the car through the driver's window and said, don't you dare honk for my sister. And said, I'm going to go back inside, come to the door and you come get her. So he was that kind of brother, you know. So I learned um, that men step up and, and protect and look out for their families, for their sisters. And, and I've watched him now do that as a grown man for, you know, his own family. What a great example. So the guy, did he end up coming to the door? He did. And uh, it was probably the last time he ever took me out. <laughs> <laughs> probably there's the fear factor right there we're talking about yeah. the fear but what a great older brother to have and and you know that points something out about again ethics again and protection of you know it's not that ladies can't handle themselves but it's nice to have somebody like that who's that yeah. close to set that example and step up when you need him to and yeah. Yeah. that guy probably still remembers I don't know who they <laughs> we won't bring him up but he probably still remembers that and, 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 you know, if I was a guy and that happened, I would have learned some type of lesson that, that women, girls, ladies need to be respected. And that if that guy will do that, then this guy has to be some special person for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great story. I've never heard <laughs> that before. I don't want to even mess with your brother, but, uh, but it's, that's great. Not when it comes to his family. Don't, don't even try. Well, that's, and that's, that's, you know, we mentioned family with, you know, teamwork, and those are some of the things that, that leaders need to pay attention to. Um, so when did you, you know, so you're raised in a household that's 
normal and you have a great family um, um, atmosphere and you feel protected and you feel respected and somebody that's your cheerleader, your, your own cheerleader, your dad. And so you carry these on into young adulthood and, and tell us a little bit about the Miami Dolphins. You know, how did that go down and what was that experience like? Well, it is, first of all, it was one of the most incredible experiences, I will say, of my entire life. And you're in military, uh, so I can't compare it to that. The only thing I can tell you is my experience, I've never been, it's so disciplined and so regimented and so many rules. There were so many things I learned about me through how difficult cheering was. Was it spectacular? Absolutely. I have the most amazing uh, sisterhood that still is wrapped around me today from the, the, the women I cheered with. It was an absolutely incredible experience, but it was hard and you had requirements and you you could not waver. And, and I mean, you there was such a strict regimen as far as practice, appearance, how you look, how you cheered, showing up on time. You show up 15 minutes early for something, you're already late. You know, it was so regimented. Um, and those skills, writing handwritten notes and thank you, signing posters, greeting people, taking photos, doing it with such sincerity um, and, and showing so much respect to the fans. It's, it's really an incredible amount of work. You know, so the fans see the glitz and the glamour. I mean, a lot of us have watched cheerleaders from various teams. And, you know, everybody knows the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And, you know, you don't really realize it's not just glitz and glamour. You know, it's, 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 it's hard work and it's, it's not all playtime. You know, can you, think of, can you think of one game that sticks out out of all the games that you cheered at that you really felt like, Maybe you took it all in and you looked around and you go, holy cow, this is this is real. Can you think of it? Or were they all like that? I was going to say, for the sake of sounding completely corny, they were all like that. Every game was different. Every every group of fans is different. There were certain incidents that might have it at this game or that game, you know, that might have been different. But the overall feeling, uh, I just loved it so much that Every single time we ran out for a pregame show or on the sidelines, it, it was like the first game over and over and over again. It was just so darn exciting. So even with all the hard work that you just described, I mean, it was fun. It made the game day all worth it. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. And I had, you know, I have to say I have some pretty thick skin, so I didn't get caught up in the competition. Yes, there's appearances and, you know, you get paid to go places and sign autographs and, and be in commercials and things like that. Not every girl gets to do everything and there's a calendar and not every girl makes the calendar. So there is a lot of competition within. Um, but if you don't get caught up in it, you don't let your ego get a little too crazy and you, and you get some thick skin and just let that stuff slide right off your back, it was a blast. Thanks for describing that. You know, uh, what I'm trying to draw out here is, is that, you know, the characteristics of leadership. And so far what we've discussed, you know, you're definitely drawing them all out. There's a lot here. So um, thank you for describing that. You know, so, so cheerleading, a lot of fun, a lot of work, not all fun in games, but, but well <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so... That drive is what I'm getting at. So then uh, tell us about the scuba diving. What was the, what was going on with the scuba diving and then, and then the skydiving? 
just one of those things. I uh, came to a point in my life where, you know, I was previously married and um, we parted ways. And the gentleman that came into my life, Matthew, was basically my my opposite in a man, like all of his interests, all of the things he loved to do were all the things I've always wanted to do, but never had anybody to do them with. And then suddenly here is this incredible, incredible man that I had, like the universe brought me and we were able to do these things together because we had such similar interests. And I had felt at that point, you know, here I am an adult. I already had two children. I want the second half of my life to get it right. And I wanted to start doing the things that I really wanted to do and not always put everything on the back burner simply because someone else didn't like it. And I, and I just, that's not me. That just isn't my character. I just if I want to do something, I'm going to do it and I'll share it and, and enjoy it. And so that provided the opportunity. He was a diver and he knew how badly I wanted to get my license. So he said, let's go, let's do it. And uh, so we did. And we, I went back and got my certification with him. He was he was recertified. He's military as well. And so he was all ready to jump in. The one thing he didn't do was skydive. That that he stayed on the ground and took photos, but he had no interest in that whatsoever. Actually laughed at me, but <laughs> I yeah. wanted to do it, so I did. It's that simple. Yeah, skydiving is kind of interesting. I had the opportunity to do that. I want a, a, uh, one of those things where you put the money in the till and I want a, a skydive oh. jump. And uh, it was it was interesting. It got real quiet when that chute opened, but when it was rushing, you know, it was like you, you had to scream and yell, as you well know. Isn't that the one thing that I wasn't expecting? Is the silence, and it was beautiful. Like I was up there with the birds, and there's the only thing you hear once the chute opens and you slow down, and just get that nice little whistle past your ears. It's so quiet and it's never sounded so beautiful but do you remember stepping out of the door the first time and you're probably wondering what am i doing here you're yeah. looking directly down we jumped out over the gulf and made our way back in inland and it was kind of interesting i thought are we gonna crash in the water i you know i wasn't sure it yeah. yeah there was there was that i had a split second when i thought i don't know if i can jump i don't i don't know if i can do this and then it was like damn straight you're gonna do this you're not afraid you're anything gone. I went. that's great i love hearing that story and thanks for sharing that you know so but one thing that i'm starting to formulate in my mind is is you're you and what's interesting about how you blossomed you know as you've gone on and put these you know steps on you know these rungs in your your ladder of life so to speak you've realized that it's it's okay to be you and you yeah. you've you've uh it's not selfish and and that's something that people who are listening uh need to realize that it, it that when you're you you're giving the world the authenticity that it needs to have and that's part of leadership and that's what i was saying like uh, you know you, you're grateful to be on the show but i'm grateful to have you because you've exemplified these leadership traits and as we start to talk about them we we start to see where they come from fearless teamwork, valuing yourself. Um, you know, even though there's glitz and glamour all around you, there's an underside too that shows the hard work that goes into that. Um, you know, we can't always judge a book by its cover. It's not easy for any, any of us. You know, we earn these things and yes. we go out and we make them happen. You know, the forensics thing interests me because <laughs> that that is like, so you're doing these, you're going out and you're getting it. You're grasping life, you know, it's kind of, you know, I married a lady with two kids from a previous marriage. So I understand that, 
you know, the redo and actually putting more in, into it. Um, tell us about the, why forensics? What's, did you, what's the interest there? Tell me that. I have always, and I can go back for being just a beginning in, uh, to the, my teenage years. I always, always wanted to be a detective. Uh, I wanted to be an FBI agent. And this was before the term CSI even existed. There wasn't a show. There wasn't anything. You were a you were an agent. And I always, always, always wanted to do that. And I remember my father, he he set me up to talk with another soccer dad um, who was an FBI agent. And that's how I would think I was 15 at the time, just to pick his brain. And at the time, for whatever reason, I can't even recall, but there was uh, math algebra, it was, you know, you had to go through math in college and math has been my nemesis. I can't stand it. I hate it. I see numbers backwards. It just drives me batty, just absolutely batty. So I kind of at 15, almost put it like out of my mind because I thought, well, I'll never get through college math. I hate math. So I kind of put it off to the side and, but it was never, ever, ever off my mind. I wanted to be an FBI agent. And then as time went on, crime scene investigation and, and, and technology became uh, an actual thing. And it, it became a career. It became a job. It could be, you know, all of a sudden now we've got shows about it. And I have two kids and, you know, my son went to college and my daughter didn't know, you know, where she wanted to, you know, put all of her talents. And I thought, here I am telling my kids, go to school, get a degree, you know, get, you know, try to try to earn knowledge, education so you can make more money. Yet I never went. And I just believe, you know, you got to practice what you preach. And I thought, well, you know, there's really no reason I didn't go back and even just go to just graduate. I hear I am telling people they should do this, but I haven't. And it was I felt hypocrite. I was a hypocrite to my own kids. So I thought, you know what? There's nothing stopping me but me. I'm going back. And I had it. I talked about it with Matthew. I was working full time. So it was extremely hard. I did it at night um, or online, depending on, you know, what they offered. Mm -hmm. And I went back to school and earned my college degree. And I actually did it doing the one thing I've always wanted to do. Um, And that was crime. Then it turned into crime scene investigation, crime scene forensics. And I I have to tell you, my brain was on fire. It was just the right time for me to go back. And I am so proud of me. Yeah, congratulations. I would be too. And it's not easy to go back to school. I I remember when I was in school at an earlier age, but I remember people that were in their 40s and 50s. And I always thought, you know, wonder why they're back in school. You know, is it really that tough on the outside? But you know, there you go, you know, you're a person of ethics and you didn't want to be a hypocrite telling people that they needed to do that when you hadn't done it yourself. But yeah. the subject matter itself, you know, is, is pretty, pretty interesting. You know, is there, are there any cases there that stand out that you can share that where you were able to put all your brain power to work, maybe something that you all solved together? Or? Well, I, not so much solved. It's just what I've learned and what I see now. If I see, you know, I'm not working in the field. I do have a second podcast, Forensic Fridays, where I have uh, two of my professors that I were uh, was taught under are my co-hosts. And we go through, you know, different cases, cold cases or different uh, forensic processes to, you know, bring it to people, give our insight, give, give it the way we look at it through our our eyes, you know, uh, one's a forensic scientist, another one's a forensic anthropologist and a current 
CSI and the other is uh, currently a professor. So what we do is we look at cases through our knowledge and our insight. And what I did gain from going to school and learning under the most incredible people was looking at crime scenes, looking at cases, looking at evidence so differently when you're looking at it through scientific eyes. And that's that to me is so exciting. It sounds exciting. You know, I don't know if I ever want to be an FBI agent, but my, my wife always said, you know, you should have been a cop, you know, because when you're watching oh, some of these shows, you know, it's, it's interesting. But so, you know, when I'm thinking about Shannon, I'm thinking about an ethical foundation. I'm thinking about a serious, serious go-getter, somebody who is motivated, somebody who is inspired to live dreams. Uh, somebody who is inspired to be better, to gain more knowledge, but also somebody um, who, like you said at the outset, is fearless, right? So all these great qualities of leadership you've exemplified throughout your entire life. You Thank know, you. With, with a firm foundation, well, you're welcome. You know, you deserve that because you earned that. And, and you know, the story here is about, or the discussion is about you, but it's also about leadership and it's about men filling the roles that they know they can fill and maybe some of them have it. You know, why do you think when we look around these days that, that men might be struggling with, with leadership roles? Because I'm hearing it more and more that guys need to step up. Why aren't we stepping up? And it's not just, it's not a new discussion. You know, we can read between the lines, Shannon, and we can see that people are talking about this. Where, what's that song that my wife loves? It's called Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? I don't know if yeah. you've heard that song, but it's, yeah. you know, and, and, and where have all the cowboys gone? Why do you think men are struggling? Yeah, I know it's rhetorical and I know there's probably a million answers, but why do you think? I honestly, the fundamentally, it, it goes back to, it comes from the parents, from the parents and then down and down and down. And if you're not teaching your son's ethics and, and, and being respectful and how to respect women and, and, and how to work hard and how to know the value of a dollar. All of those things matter. If you're not teaching that, it's lost for that, for that generation. And if that generation never heard it, was never taught it, it's going to be lost in the next generation. And I've just seen over time, little by little by little by little of that ethics, those ethics, those morals, those values, those respect levels that working hard means something, all those old school uh, ways that that worked um, have slowly and surely decreased through the fundamentals of being taught in the family, Um, you know, getting stuff easy instead of working, um, finding the easy way out instead of working harder, you know, asking for money rather than earning it. Um, Maybe not teaching your son to open up car doors and help somebody with bags, or if you're on a bus or any form of transportation to get up if there's a woman that needs to sit down. Those are things that are taught and it just seems to have stopped. And if you can't do the basics of just respect how do you how can you do what it really takes if you don't even have the your foundation yeah great question you know I was talking to a lady the other day and she was telling me about how she was on a plane and she was putting her bag in her overhead you know above the above the seats 
and she was struggling to get it in there. And there are all these guys sitting around, but it was an 85-year-old man who got up three or four seats away who came over and helped her put the bag in. And she said to me, she said to the man, you know, it's nice to know that chivalry still exists. And the guy that was sitting there that could have jumped up and helped her, he goes, what chivalry? I mean, he's like in his mid forties and, and she was blown away by that. It's a perfect example. You know, I mean, so, yeah. And that's just the, the niceties. I, I mean, there's, I, I know how to use tools. And as much as this is not about me, what I am shocked, shocked is how many men these days don't even know how to use a saw or, you know, I, I was cutting tile on a water saw using nippers. You know, my dad taught me and I learned, but there's, I, you know, we didn't leave the driveway until we knew we could change a flat tire. So we were safe on the side of the road. There are so many men that I know that, that, that don't even know how to change a tire or, or hang a lamp, you know, a fan, just that. And I'm not saying you have to be an electrician or you have to know all those things, but there's, there's just a disconnect that, you know, they just don't even own tools. It's how do you not own tools? That's <laughs> a great question because I was lucky, I guess, too, because I had a dad that taught me all those things. You know, I learned how to work on cars and lay bricks and do things in the yard and how to dig in irrigation and all those things. But what you're what you've pointed out, and I think it's great, Shannon, is is, you know, responsibility starts in the home. And if you're the male figure in a home and you have children or what, whatever the situation is, it's, it, it's important for you to impart your knowledge. We're talking about leadership, learning and liberty, freedom, because those leadership traits that you learn can give you the ultimate freedom. It can be the greatest form of liberty education that you'll ever get. Um, yeah like the way you described that because so we've got this lineage you know we raise a family and then they raise a family and it goes on and on and on and it's slowly been watered down you know i get the sense that you don't think it's too late that anybody can make a choice to improve their lives at any time and and you just nailed it it's a choice it's a choice. You choose whether or not you're going to work hard. No one tells you you're not going to work hard. That's a choice. And if you're not working hard and if you're not, you know, doing everything you can to, con to, to contribute to your family, yourself, society, it's because you and you alone have chosen not to. And that's your fault. Yeah, I, agree. I agree with you. You know, personal responsibility. I had two older sisters and a younger brother. And both of my sisters were, um, they were pretty. They were cheerleaders in high school and they were also go-getters. And I learned a lot from having two older sisters because I, I learned to understand what girls go through. And I also learned about the, the respect that comes along with that. And my dad was very protective. I wasn't an older brother. When I got old enough, you know, then it was different, but but he was always looking out for my sisters. And so I kind of learned very much similar to you that there is this responsibility as a parent. Um, I think that's awesome. But, you know, in today's day and age, and I, I, I know for a fact that you are living proof, but so are millions of other women, that women are quite capable. They don't have, they, they, they can pick up, they can cut tile. They can jump <laughs> out of airplanes. You know, there's no doubting that they, th that they can do whatever they want to do. Um, but there's also, um, 
without provoking the bear. There's also, um, we, you know, we need help. And, and what can women do to help men be better men? Because, you know, we've seen this in shows. They've made fun of it. You know, you're nagging me all the time. And, and you know, and, and guys can lose heart too. You know, it's not like we're, we're, we're not invincible. What can women do to help men uh, when we're struggling? Support. Uh, don't condemn support. If someone's having a hard time, talk, communicate, why? Uh, work through it, support. You need, men and women need to support each other. Women need to support their, their significant, significant others. Um, you know, everybody, everybody thinks men have to be strong and tough and, 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 and fearless. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being strong and tough and fearless, but you're also human and you might have weaknesses or you might have fears. You know, think about it. If men have to be the, think that they have to be the sole income, they have to be the provider. They, there's a lot of pressure in that. And I have to think that that mental pressure to be the one that handles it all, that's strong and tough and can do everything and pays all the bills, that there's an immense amount of pressure and women need to realize that and support that pressure and help, you know, step up yourself, you know, you know, give them some credit. Don't just beat a man down, build them up. So that that's the first thing women could do is support the men that they love and, and let them know that if they are afraid of something or, or having, you know, I don't know, maybe they hate their job and they want to go to a different job, but are too afraid to make that change. Maybe help them, maybe back them, maybe tell them don't, it's okay to be afraid, but, but you can do it. You know, I just support. That's great. You know, and support it comes in so many ways too. You know, and that's the good thing about conversation is we can, we can draw upon these experiences and these tips and we can put them into our own lives. You know, we're, you know, I, I read the other day where if you violate, you can violate relationship codes. Like if you are, if you are mean and you don't support, you know, you're violating the code of collaboration or maybe what I would even say is the code of love and not necessarily the love that's endorsed by the world, but more of the divine kind of love. And I tell guys all the time, you know, pulling the sword out is the last resort. You know, we can still be kind. And I, and I say it's, it's up to men to maybe put the kind back into mankind, because if we don't do it, then we're not being responsible human beings. You know, we can't, ladies have it tough enough with childbearing, child I probably get slapped around here, but they have it tough enough you know, we need to pick up the gauntlet and, and, and be men and, and not be uh, full of hate or vitriol or, or weakness. We need to be strong and we can be if we choose to be. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm really having a hard time in society today where I, I don't know. Everybody's just trying to be like some other title. Just be a man, be a woman. I, I'm just not getting where you have to just somehow be something you're not because someone else said a title and you think you need to live because someone else has an opinion. Live by your own. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and it, you know, that's probably some of the best advice we've gotten here today. You know, be yourself, be brave, be who you want to be and quit worrying about what other people 
or saying. Um, and and people, you know, I, you know, I come from a different angle. We talked a little bit about it when we were on your show, but the angle that uh, of of thermodynamics that the world is always in chaos. There's always confusion going on. And to me, the reason why, from a human point of view, is because of this self-hatred. And when we don't necessarily live up to our own expectations of who we think we need to be or truly are, then we do get frustrated and we see the world. Uh, that's the end result. We see the world the way it is. But if we truly loved ourselves, and we can do this, guys, if we truly loved ourselves, then we'll we'll wear this cloak and this aura of love and people will feel that. Yes. And that, it, it makes yeah. you a nicer, kinder person. Yeah. And I, and I know that guys, <laughs> they think that, you know, that being, you know, it's, it's cool to be macho. And this show is not to bash guys at all. It's to recognize yeah. lady leaders and what we can learn from them. Um, we don't have to be macho 24-7. Society might think so, but maybe humanity doesn't think so, if that makes any sense. But yeah, that that's, that's you know, you've pointed out a lot of great things here today. Um, you know, so these- And, and so, one thing, the one thing I, I really want to stress too with, with men, that because of they don't ever want to be perceived as weak, that if they are having trouble or they are, you know, mental health is so huge right now, that just because something they are having troubles, admitting that is courageous. It's not weak. Admitting that that you need help with something or something's affecting you emotionally. Men need to realize that admitting it is incredibly courageous, incredibly strong, and you can't be at your best until you admit to yourself first where there might be something lacking, and then you can step up and, and, and fix that issue so you no longer have that lacking anymore, and you're stronger and better for it, and they should not be afraid. That I find incredibly powerful when you can self-reflect, find something that's not so quite right with you, and, and, and work to improve it. That's huge. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. That is huge. You know, one thing, too, that you've made me think about was these historically uh, feminine roles like nurturance and, and kindness and loyalty to family and, and, and servitude at times. And those don't necessarily have to be all female roles. You know, Wayne Dyer says that the men who can embrace the feminine nature of their personalities are more complete. And when you nurture and you show affection and you're loyal to your family and you teach your kids values and ethics, you're not being weak. You're being, you're filling the role of a complete person and a person. complete, complete man. And so I am so glad you pointed that out that in weakness, you know, it's so cliche and weakness is strength, but it's true. Yes. It takes a lot of courage to admit you, you're, you're not, you're doing something wrong. Most people would rather ignore it or pretend that they're not. So to admit anything, male or female, uh, but, you know, men have a harder time it, with it uh, is, to me, a, a, a sign of strength. That's awesome. And, you know, and the thing, too, is that another thing that you've pointed out that I've gleaned from this is that th there's teamwork involved. And there is 
there is, you mentioned ego once, I think, but you know, there, the ego doesn't have to be involved. I, I think that what you, how you pointed out and said support, support means collaboration. It means empathy. It means, uh, it means a true desire and compassion for that person that you're there with. Um, all great qualities of leadership. And when we exercise those, I know you and I know your heart, the world truly is a better place. Let me ask you this. Do you have like a, like a personal mantra, like your own quote, or maybe that of another that you live by every day? Yes. <laughs> Somehow I better tomorrow than I was today. That's awesome. So always on the road of self-improvement, which is another leadership trait. See, there's a lot here if you read between the lines, but that's a great quote. Um, how can people find out, Shannon, you know, more about you and, and how they can learn more about your podcast shows and, uh, and how they can get in touch with you if they, if they need to ask you a question or they want more information? Um, all of my podcasts are on shannonconfidential.com. That's my website, uh, my Forensic Friday and my Shannon Confidential podcast are there. Uh, they can email me at uh, shannonconfidential007 at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. But between the website and my email address, you'll, you'll find everything Shannon. <laughs> no, that's great. And thanks for sharing that information. All I can say is that, you know, we've gotten a lot out of this conversation today. Responsibility, family, uh, value of money, teamwork, uh, protection, uh, you know, the hard work behind the glitz and glamour, uh, the releasing of the ego. A lot here, being motivated, a go-getter, fill your shoes, be who you are, and, and have no regrets. And if anybody is listening, and we know you are, all the things that Shannon shared today is not only going to make your life better, but it's going to make the life better for those around you who love and support you. And in turn, it will make the world a much better place. I believe that. Yeah, Shannon, it's true. And because you're here, the world is better. And, and working Thank together, you, collaboration, it's true. And, and well, you're welcome. And like I say, what I liked another thing you said, and asking for money money rather than earning it we didn't talk too much about that but that's a real good point um and when you earn these dollars with your own sweat of your brow it's a confidence builder it feels great <laughs> yeah it does so is there anything that you think we missed today and any parting shot you'd like to say shannon to the men and the ladies who are listening come together support each other love one another just do that. Life will work itself out. I love that. There you go. Shannon from Shannon Confidential. I don't want to mess up the name. I always have a, it's a brain injury thing. That Pinkowski. Pinkowski. Yes. Pinkowski. And, and that's a solid name and you're a solid person. And again, I'm honored to have you here on this show and can't wait to see it come out. Thank you, Me Shannon. Too. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Well. Without you, we don't exist. We hope the men who joined us today learned some valuable tips to improve and not be ashamed to use them. Be the change. Set the example. Keep going, men. And for the women leaders out there, 
keep creating and keep helping us men to become even better men, more effective leaders. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and lead.